This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Previously, we covered ayahs number five and six, where after seeing some of the etiquette of the supplication of salam and how he is beseeching Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala first by mentioning his weakness and his plight and stating basically his case. In English, stating your case. He states his case before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saying that I'm, very, I'm in very desperate need of the answering of this supplication, the fulfillment of what I'm asking because of his physical condition and how his age is rapidly progressing at this point of his life. We, then say, we also see that part of the etiquette of the supplication is that he enumerates the countless, or, or he, he says, I can't even begin to enumerate the countless blessings of Allah that have been showered upon me. I stuck to asking you and making dua to you, Allah, and you've never sent me back empty-handed. He, after that, he states in the previous uh, lesson, he states, what is the objective? Why am I making this supplication? Why am I asking for a child now? Maybe more emphatically than I ever have asked before. And he says that because I'm not really, I don't find confidence. I'm not very confident in the people that I'm leaving behind after me. And my wife up till this point hasn't been able to have a child, even though there, that possibility remains. So please give to me a, from on your behalf, especially from you, a uh, somebody that I can put my trust in, wali, somebody that I can put full confidence and trust in. And he says that this wali that you will grant me, this confidant that you will grant me, he will inherit from me and inherit from all the associates, affiliates, descendants of Ya'qub. Meaning he will come into all of this knowledge and wisdom and experience and character and morals and ethics so that he can carry them on and spread them on to others. And oh Allah, make him somebody that will strive to please you, and you are pleased with him. Now of course Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala here in ayah number 7, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala answers the supplication of Zakariya alayhi salam. 
And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ya Zakariya. Now one thing that's very obvious here is from the context, is that there's something that's missing. Something from the context has been omitted. Something is not being mentioned here. It doesn't say that then his supplication was accepted. It doesn't even go as far as saying qala. Alright, it, do, it doesn't say that okay, supplication was accepted or Allah said, but it doesn't even simply say the qala that we see everywhere. Alright, it doesn't even say that much. It just says, Ya Zakariya. And so the scholars, they point out that already what you can see is how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has omitted, has removed any type of an introduction, any type of a prologue, anything that introduces this. Similarly, what we can understand from that is just in the same way Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala without any type of a wait, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala immediately gave him what he was asking for. Like Allah doesn't make us wait at all. Not even for the span of the two seconds that it takes to say, qala. Similarly, Allah did not make Zakariya wait even two seconds for the answering of his supplication. And immediately Allah says, Ya Zakariya. So this, this surah in kalam, this, this immediate answering of the supplication is the immediate fulfillment of the supplication of Zakariya. And Allah of course addresses him directly, Ya Zakariya, O Zakariya, inna nubashiruka bi ghulamin. Most definitely we are giving you the good news. We are congratulating you about a son, about a son, ghulam. And I'm gonna talk more about this word in the next ayah. I'm going to leave it here for now, I'm gonna talk more about it in the next ayah. So we are congratulating you, we are giving you the good news of a son. Ismuhu Yahya. His name is Yahya. And that's something very interesting that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is designating the name of Yahya alayhi salam. And the, there's a huge amount of discussion on this in Muf- classical tafasir. But one point that, that I thought really stuck, really hit home, was that when people try to name, when people make an attempt to name their children, or at least most people I should say, when most people make an attempt to name their children, they do it with the intention of giving, either choosing the name of somebody who is very admirable, so the Bilal's of the world, and the Sumayyas of the world, and Zainab and Fatima and Muhammad, and Khalid and Shu'aib, and Ibrahim, and Ishaq, etc, etc. <laughs> so when most people, they either name their child after someone extremely admirable. Because they want to find the qualities of that same person within their same children. They hope from Allah. It's almost like a form of supplication that, Oh Allah, I am naming my daughter Aisha, please make her like Aisha. Zawju Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa so that's the hope, it's like a supplication. At the same time, something very interesting that we don't often capitalize on, it can be a very powerful motivational technique. It can be a very powerful motivational technique. That you can tell your child that you know who you're named after. You're named after Maryam, you're named after Isa, you're named after Muhammad So strive to be like him or her. And so that's one thing. If, it's, if that's not the case, then the second thing that is often the consideration is the meaning of the name. That a good meaning, an admirable meaning, and that is also a form of tafa'ul. That's a form of tafa'ul, which basically means kind of hoping something good from Allah. Hoping something good from Allah, that I will name my child Salih. Or I will name my daughter... Um, now I'm blanking of course. Salihah, we'll just roll with that. Alright? So I will name my daughter Salihah. 
in the hope that that quality will transfer, that oh Allah, make him a salih, make her a saliha. Alright? So that's often the motivation. So, but think about this fact. When somebody gives their child a good name, the hope is that it's like a dua, and it's like putting hope in Allah that they will make that quality in that person. Allah Himself is giving the name to Yahya. Allah Himself is giving the name to Yahya. So whatever Yahya meant in its original language, all right, and there's a few opinions, but of course nothing is substantial enough to where I'm comfortable stating anything. But nevertheless, Allah, whatever it meant in its original language, and obviously meant something very, very good, very noble. And we even have an interpretation that nobody before Yahya had ever been given this name. So we can almost take from it what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in Surah Ali Imran, that what did the name Yahya mean? That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala described that he would be musaddiqan bi kalimatin min Allah. That he would attest the word from Allah, that he would, he, would, he would testify as to the truth of the word from Allah. وَسَيِّدًا And he would be a leader. وَحَسُورًا And he would be extremely chaste. وَنَبِيًّا مِنَ الصَّالِحِينَ And he would be a prophet, and he would be from the righteous people. That that was the meaning of the name Yahya. We very well could understand that. So imagine when Allah Himself gives that name to somebody, then it's almost like a guarantee that that person will be these things. So when the father gives, or the mother, the parents give the name to the child Salih, they're hoping he'll be righteous. When they give the name Bilal, they're hoping that he'll be like Bilal. But if Allah was to give the name Salih, if Allah was to give the name Bilal, that leaves no doubt about the fact that he will be Salih, and he will be just like Bilal. Anhu. So it's a great virtue of Yahya that his name is being given by Allah. His name has been decided by Allah. He was named by Allah. So ismuhu Yahya, his name is Yahya, fixed. لَمْ نَجْعَلَّهُ مِنْ قَبْلُ We did not make for him مِنْ قَبْلُ from before سَمِيًّا Now, سَمِيًّا, what does this word mean? So there's a little bit of a discussion here, and there's basically two possible opinions. The first thing is if you take the root, the origins of the, world, uh, of the word, the, the original meaning of the word, if you take that into consideration, then in that case it means elevation. It means elevation. Or it can also mean mark, to leave a mark, to brand. So we never made for him anyone before him that was of such elevated status, or somebody that, was of, that would leave such a mark, like Yahya did. So that doesn't necessarily mean that he's gonna be better than anyone who's ever been born before him. It's an expression that we're going to make him a man of great heights, we're gonna make him a man of great nobility, we're gonna make him a man of great character and great honor and dignity. So this is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala basically saying that not only are we giving you a son, but we gave him a name and we're gonna make sure that he is not just the type of son you were asking for, where he said, وَجَعَلْهُ رَبِّي رَضِيًّا But we're gonna make him so much more beyond your, what your expectations could have been. That's one thing. The second thing, and, and it's used in the same meaning when speaking about Allah, later on in Surah Maryam itself, in ayah number 65, when Allah speaks about Himself, he says, هَلْ تَعْلَمُ لَهُ سَمِيًّا Do you know anyone that is of the height and the elevation and the greatness of Allah? Do you know anyone who can compare to Allah? Obviously not. So it's used in that same meaning. But at the same time, if we were, used, we were to use it, and that is another opinion of some of the scholars in the Mufassirun, that if we were to use it in the meaning of one of its derivatives, and the word ism, name, comes from the same root, سَمِيًّا Ism comes from the same root. Alright, sumubun. 
It comes from the same root, ism. So meaning that we we lam najallahu we have not made before him anyone with that same name. So two possible interpretations. One that Yahya was the first person to ever be named Yahya. No one before him was ever named Yahya. Or Allah is simply speaking about the virtue of this son that is yet to come. That he will be of such virtue and caliber that literally Zakariah, you've never seen anyone like him ever before. Alright? And either opinion is, both interpretations are valid. And of course, like I talked about previously, that one of the principles of Qur'anic eloquence is, when there are possible interpretations, even based off the language, the linguistics, then the proper course of action is to not necessarily choose one over the other, but appreciate all the possible meanings, all at the same time. Because that is part of the eloquence and the magnificence of the Qur'an, that is able to say so much and so many different things, all at the same time. لَمْ نَجْعَلْ لَهُ مِنْ قَبْلُ سَمِيًّا Now, another very interesting thing that the scholars point out here is that when saying that there has never been anyone like Yahya before, then that doesn't only mean that in terms of character or nobility, but it also means in, the term of the unique, in terms of the unique circumstances of his birth. That you have a very, very old man, and you have a woman who has not been able to bear children yet, and even then he's being born to such parents. So it definitely also carries that meaning as well. So what we see here in the fulfillment of the supplication of Zakaria, what we see here is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving us this story to teach us a very powerful lesson about supplication. And I've been alluding to this for the last couple of days, that when the supplication is made at the right time, and it's made with the right intention, and it's made with firm conviction, and it's made with the appropriate proper words, then at that time there is no distance, there is no, inter- there is no interruption between the supplication and the fulfillment of that supplication. Allah immediately answers that supplication. As we see here in the case of Zakaria. And not only does Allah immediately answer that supplication, but it doesn't matter what are the obstacles, it doesn't matter how much the odds are stacked against the fulfillment of that supplication, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will defy all odds, will go against the laws of nature that Allah Himself has established, He will contradict, he will go against, he will break all of the laws and the sunnah of Allah that Allah has put in place. And what does Allah tell us in the Qur'an? وَلَن تَجِدَ لِسُنَّةِ اللَّهِ تَبَدِيلًا وَلَن تَجِدَ لِسُنَّةِ اللَّهِ تَحْوِيلًا You will not find any changing or any switching around of the sunnah of Allah. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will break all of these barriers and fulfill the need, the supplication of that person when it is done at the right time, with the right intention, in the right method, and with the right motives and with the correct appropriate words. As was in the case of Zakaria alayhi salam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala goes on, tells us about the next, what happens next. Qala, and this is Zakariya speaking now. So, after Zakariya is given this unbelievable, extremely uh, pleasing news that your supplication has been accepted, and this, uh, a child, a son will be granted to you, his name is Yahya, and he will be of amazing caliber and quality. So it's absolutely confirmed. Zakaria responds out of happiness, out of joy. Almost what we call being overjoyed. And he says, قَالَ رَبِّي He says, my Lord, my Master, my Rabb, 
Anna yakunu li ghulam. Anna is like a word of astonishment. How is it possible? Yakunu li ghulam. That I will have a son. That there will be a son for me. وَكَانَتِ امْرَأَتِي عَاقِرًا And my wife up till this point has not been able to bear children. وَقَدْ بَلَغْتُ مِنَ الْكِبَرِ عِتِيًّا And I have crossed all limits when it comes to being old. This was when I was talking earlier in the introduction of the surah and I kept saying super super old. This is it. وَقَدْ بَلَغْتُ مِنَ الْكِبَرِ And I have reached in terms of old age عِتِيًّا Beyond any limits. I am extremely old. I am extremely old. And I'm going to tell you a little bit of detail here. So the first thing that... Well, let me go ahead and explain the language of the ayah, and then I'll, uh, I'll, exlip, I'll explain the concept here. He says, Rabbi Anna. He says, My Lord, my Master, Anna, how is it possible? Yakunu li ghulam. That I will have a son. And he uses the word ghulam. Now, what I wanted to point out here is something very beautiful again about Quranic usage of specific words. That in the story of... Maryam, in the story of the birth of Isa alayhi salam to Maryam, especially in Surah Ali Imran, over there when Maryam expresses that same type of astonishment, surprise, she says, قَالَتْ رَبِّ أَنَّا يَكُونُ لِي وَلَدْ She said, My Lord, my Master, أَنَّا يَكُونُ لِي How is it possible that there will be for me waladun? So she over there uses the word walad, which means a child. Here he's using the word ghulam. So what's the difference? What's the significance of the different usage of the word? And it's something very, you know, I always like to tell people, context is very, very important. Context is very, very important. And like we often say that, you know, the proof is in the pudding. Sometimes it's right there, the explanation is right there. We just have to look a little bit closer. We just got to go back or go a little forward and the answer is right there. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave Zakaria in the previous ayah we just did, ayah number 7, when Allah gave the good news to Zakaria that you're gonna have a child, He said specifically, إِنَّا نُبَشِّرُكَ ghulamin." We are going to give you a son. So that's why when Zakaria expresses astonishment, He says, ghulam." He says, how is it possible that I will have a son? So he was already told by Allah, you're gonna have a son, so that's why his question involved the word ghulam, son. But when 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 Maryam was given the good news of the birth, the forthcoming birth of Isa alayhi salam, what was she told over there? In those ayat over there, she was told by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, إِنَّا نُبَشِّرُكِ بِكَلِمَةٍ مِنْ هُسْمُهُ الْمَسِيحُ بْنُ عِيسَى بْنُ Maryam. Right? So we are giving you the good news of what? Bikalimatin. Bikalimatin. We are giving you the good news of a kalima. Meaning a command from Allah. From that will be Masih, Isa ibn Maryam. Alright? So when she was given the good news of a child coming, it wasn't designated that it will be a son or it will be a daughter. It was just simply said that the command from Allah has been issued. But she wasn't told son or daughter. So when she asked the question, she says, Anayakunuli walad. And walad doesn't mean son. In modern Arabic, when we say walad, that means boy. That means son. But in classical Arabic, walad, alladhi yulad. Mauludun. Walad simply means the one that is born. The one that is given birth to. That it could be son or daughter. So she's saying, how could I have a child? Generally speaking. So that's why the word walad is used there because it's, it wasn't 
clarified from Allah. She was just told, you're the issue has been, the command has been issued from Allah and you will have a child. So then that's why she asked, how is it possible for me to have a child? Here though Zakariya is told that you are going to have a son. And that's why his question involves, how is it possible for me to have a son? The second thing is, وَكَانَتِ امْرَأَتِي عَاقِرًا وَقَدْ بَلَغْتُ مِنَ الْكِبَرِ عِتِيًا So the second thing he says is that my wife hasn't been able to bear children up to this point. And the next thing he says is, وَقَدْ بَلَغْتُ مِنَ الْكِبَرِ عِتِيًا وَقَدْ بَلَغْتُ مِنَ الْكِبَرِ عِتِيًا And I most definitely have reached from old age, عِتِيًا عِتِيًا comes from عُتُو and in the Arabic language, it basically the root of the word means to cross all limits and all boundaries. That's why The word kafura. It occurs in the Quran kafura. That it basically means somebody that doesn't just disbelieve, but somebody who breaks all limits, crosses all lines of decency in his disbelief. So the, the root of the word means to cross all limits and lines. So what he's saying is, I haven't just gotten old, but I've crossed the limit of being old. I am super, super old. Alright, and that's basically what he's saying here. Now one thing that's also very interesting when you compare it to the same story, the same situation being described in Surah Ali Imran, Surah number 3, over there when he states about him being of old age, he says, وَقَدْ بَلَغْنِيَ الْكِبَرُ And old age has reached me. And here he's saying, I have reached old age. Over there he's saying, old age has reached me. Over here he's saying, I have reached old age. Alright? Now, that might not seem like a huge difference, but in the Arabic language it obviously makes a difference. And something interesting is, in terms as a figure of speech, saying that oh, oh, I have reached old age, is, expresses a lot more seniority than saying old age, old age has reached me. Meaning, I'm still trying to hold on. You know, old age has just reached me. Time has caught up with me. But as far as I'm concerned, I'm willing to keep going. But when you say, I myself have reached old age, that's like somebody admitting, I have gotten really, really old. It's a greater, ad, uh, it's, it's basically admitting at a greater level that I've gotten very, very old. So why does he use a more severe, and then he adds an extra quality here, I've crossed the limit of being old. So why is he saying he's so much older here than he is over there? Well again, you got to look at the context. Because in Surah Ali Imran, when he makes dua, what does it say about him making dua? It says, هُنَالِكَ دَعَى زَكَرِيَ رَبَّهِ Right then and there, Zakaria made dua to his Lord. قَالَ رَبِّي هَبْلِي مِنْ لَدُنْكَ ثُرِيَّةً طَيِّبًا He said, oh my Lord, give to me a very pious, righteous offspring. That's it. But over here when he made dua, did he simply just make dua? What did he say? He said, minni, My bones are falling apart. My head is going white and gray. So he, he was expressing how old he is. So it's more fitting in this context that he doesn't just say old age caught up with me, but he's saying, no, no, no. I didn't just get old, I crossed the limit of being old. And that's why he's expressing it that much more emphatically here is simply because the context demands it. Alright, so he says, وَقَدْ بَلَغْتُ مِنَ الْكِبْرِيَ And I have reached very very old age, and in fact I've crossed the limit of being old. Now, one thing that I'd like to express here, that I'd like to explain here. Zakariya alayhi salam, he's being given, being given the good news from Allah Himself. 
Ya Zakaria, inna nubashshuruka bi ghulam. O Zakaria, we are giving you the good news of a son. Ismu Yahya, his name's already fixed and confirmed. And he's going to be an amazing child. He's going to be so, an amazing individual. Alright, so the guarantees come from Allah. Then for Zakaria, a prophet of Allah, of all people, how is it possible for me to have a son? So the, the, the question here is, this is some type of doubt? Is this shock or astonishment? This is basically when, this, this is something when somebody gets some very, very good news. And when you're given extremely good news about something, you almost want to know more about it. You want to know more about it. When you, get a good, when you get a letter, like you apply to a college, and the letter arrives in the mail that you have been admitted to the university, you've been accepted to the program. Do you just simply say, oh yeah, that's good, thank you, throw it in the trash? Do you do that? No, you read it probably 18 times. And then you put it next to your bed and you sleep on it. Right? And then you show it to everybody that you know, and then you take a picture of it and post it on your Facebook wall. Right? It's that indulgence, you indulge in that good news. Right? I mean, and let's talk about a child, let's talk about a child. Anyone that's had a child here, you know when you go and you go for your first sonogram, what do you do? You come home with a... Come on, let's be honest people. Alright, so everybody's really shy. I didn't do that, I'm too cool to do that. Right? What do you do? You come home with a picture. And you don't know what's in that picture. All right, let's not beat around the bush about that as well. You can't see your baby in there. You pretend like it's right there. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. Right? And you bring that little Polaroid home. All right? You can't tell what's in it. And you put it up on your refrigerator. And you show it out to everybody that comes. And everybody pretends like they enjoy looking at it. All right? They don't want to see your insides. Right? But... That's the indulgence, you indulge in that. You're enjoying the moment, you're soaking it up. You want to know more. And so it's that itminanul qalb. And this is something that was the kayfiyah, this was something that was the condition, the spiritual condition of the prophets, wasalam. We have the story in front of us very clearly and explicitly, the story of, in Surah Al-Baqarah of Sayyiduna Ibrahim salam. He says, Rabbi arini kayfa tuhil mawta. Rabbi arini kayfa tuhil mawta. My Lord, please show me how it is that you revive the dead. How you'll bring them back to life. And subhanAllah, just so that we would have a clear explanation on this, Allah lets us know what was the dialogue there. Qala awalam tu'min. What's wrong, Ibrahim? You don't believe? He says, Bala. How is that possible? Of course I believe. Of course I believe. But I'm asking to give full satisfaction to my heart. To let me enjoy this moment. Let me enjoy the grandeur, the magnificence of you reviving the dead. And so that's what basically is going on here. He says, How is it possible, O Allah? SubhanAllah, I'm gonna have a son? My wife hasn't been able to bear children for all these years, these decades? I've become so old that I'm beyond this phase of being old. I'm in a category of my own. And I'm going to have a son. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala responds. He says, Qala kadhalik. Qala kadhalik. Kadhalik means just like that. 
And then obviously there's something that's omitted here. Al-amru kathalik. Or kathalik al-amru. Either way you can look at it. Al-amru kathalik is what it would be more typically within the language. That the, that's how it is. That's just how it is. Or kathalik al-amru would be more emphatic, would be more in line with Quranic language. Just like that, that's how things work. That's exactly how things work. Zakaria. Right? So, قَالَ كَذَلِكَ He said, just like that. قَالَ رَبُّكَ Your Lord said, your Master said, هُوَ عَلَيَّ هَيِّنْ SubhanAllah, what just happened here? Your Lord and your Master said. Alright? This is what this, this is. Returning the conversation for a while. Remember in the beginning, ذِكْرُ رَحْمَةِ رَبِّكَ the Prophet ﷺ was addressed. This is a reminder about the mercy of your Lord and how it showered down upon his slave Zakariyah. And then the, 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 the story went on. The, 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 the ayat continued on. And the whole story was being told. And here it returns back to the Prophet ﷺ. It is as if Allah turns His attention back to the Prophet ﷺ. Iltifat, transition. He turns His attention back to the Prophet ﷺ. And He says, just like that. Muhammad, what are you worried about? Sallallahu alayhi wa Look how Allah, for, I'm just contextualizing here, I don't want somebody to jump down my throat, but look how Allah hooked up Zakariya. Look how Allah hooked up Zakariya. What are you worried about? He's gonna hook you up just like that. You got nothing to worry. And, what did, and Allah even goes as far as saying that, what did your Lord say at that time? Your Lord said, huwa alayya hayyin. Huwa alayya hayyin. And it goes to the first person speaking. Allah is saying this Himself. Huwa, that, or this, it is. Alayya, upon me, hayyinun. Hayyinun. And alhawn, this comes from the root word alhawn. Hawn means something that is very easy for the doer to take care of. Basically, in common language, in simpler terms, in clearer language, it requires no effort on the part of the doer. It requires absolutely no effort. No effort is required. So in common language, this is like somebody would say, no problem. That, that's nothing for me. Ain't no thing. That's nothing for me. That's nothing. That's very, very easy. And why is it so easy? He says, perspective here. وَقَدْ خَلَقْتُكَ مِنْ قَبْلُ مِنْ قَبْلُ And most definitely, I created you before. I created you before. مِنْ قَبْلُ From before. وَلَمْ تَكُوا شَيْئًا And what was the situation? حَالَ حَالَ أَنَّكَ لَمْ تَكُنْ شَيْئًا In the situation and in the condition that you were nothing. You were absolutely nothing. I created you from before, and you were nothing. Meaning, think about this for a second. Logically think about this. That this human being came into existence from nothing. From nothingness. And think about back to the, even, even if he's speaking specifically to Zakaria, he's telling Zakaria, don't just think back to the time you were born, think back to the origins of even your soul. That you were granted existence literally out of nothingness. And it is, is it easier to create something? Is it easier 
Or is it more, rather, is it more difficult to create a child from a very old father and from a barren mother than it is to create something out of nothing? So Allah is saying, if I could create something out of nothing, why would it be difficult for me to give a child to old parents? Think about that for a second. وَلَمْ تَكُوشَيْعًا Now, one very interesting thing about Qur'anic eloquence here. And I'm gonna refer you back to, especially those of you who have a Qur'an, a Mus'haf with you, I'm gonna refer you back to ayah number four. Ayah number four. قَالَ رَبِّي إِنِّي وَهَنَ الْعَظْمُ مِنِّي وَاشْتَعَلَ الرَّأْسُ شَيْبًا وَلَمْ أَكُنْ وَلَمْ أَكُنْ Now when we read it, we say وَلَمْ أَكُنْ بِدُعَائِكَ But that's only because of tajweed and phonetics. Alright, but the word is لَمْ أَكُنْ Alright, and those who might be a little familiar with grammar, you know that when the لَمْ appears on top of a present tense verb, when the لَمْ is introduced onto a present tense verb, it abbreviates the end of the verb. It abbreviates it. So typically it's lam akun. Like you see here, the noon stays. It's akunu, and you put the lam on it, it becomes lam akun. It abbreviates. But if you go here to ayah number 8, or excuse me, ayah number 9, it says, walam taku shay'a. It was takunu. So the verb, when it became abbreviated, should have been walam takun. Walam takun. But it's taku. Taku. The noon is dropped. Now, what's the explanation of that? Because it's got to have an explanation. You can't just go around dropping letters when you feel like it. It's got to have an explanation. So when we look in sarf, morphology, Arabic morphology, the science of sarf, ilm sarf when we look in that science, that study, what we find is that, that both are permissible. Both are different dialects of the Arabs. Alright, both are established dialects of the Arabs. The Arabs would both abbreviate it as lam takun or lam taku. They would drop the noon altogether. Both are permissible, both are okay. That's good. That's part of the answer. Alright, so that we know that at least this is something consistent with the language. This exists in the language. But that still doesn't answer the question as to why just five ayahs ago, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala maintained the noon and why in ayah number 9, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala dropped the noon. The answer to that is, again, the proof is in the pudding. It's right there. And when we look at it, what's the meaning of it? It says, وَلَمْ تَكُوا شَيْئًا And you were nothing. You were nothing like that noon is nothing. You are nothing. You were absolutely nothing like that noon is gone. Like that noon used to be there a second ago, and now it's not there anymore. Just like that noon, ancient history, gone, doesn't even exist, it's not even on the paper, you didn't even exist. You were nothing, you were gone. You were finished, you didn't even exist. And Allah still brought you into existence. And not only did He bring you into existence, but then He put you together with a wife. And then both of you grew very, very, very old. And you didn't have children the entire time. And now in your old age, Allah is giving you children. SubhanAllah, look at that sequence of events. You were nothing. You were nothingness. And Allah gave you existence. And then when you reach an old age, Allah is miraculously now through you giving more life on forward. وَلَمْ تَكُوا شَيْئًا You were nothing. We go on to ayah number 10. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, 
قَالَ رَبِّ جَعَلِّي آيَةً So now Zakariya salam. So remember we were talking about in ayah number 8, two ayahs back, we talked about how Zakariya to enjoy the moment, to soak up the moment, to get the full satisfaction, indulge in the moment, in this good news. He said, oh, how could I have a son? Because he wanted Allah to tell him, رَبُّكَ قَالَ رَبُّكَ هُوَ عَلَيْكَ هَيَّنْ He wanted Allah to talk to him. So then he indulged in the moment. So he continues to indulge. Alright? Just like when you're talking to someone and you enjoy talking to them and you're talking to them after a very long time, you don't let them hang up, right? You kind of keep the conversation going. I got one more question. Just, just one more question. Right? You just kind of keep it going. So what is salam doing now? He says, Qala, Rabbi. He says, Rabbi, my Lord, my Master. One more thing. Ij'alli ayah. Ij'alli ayah. Make for me a sign. And he says, ayatan. In the common form. No designation, no specification. I've asked for enough as it is today. He's saying, I've asked enough as it is for today. I asked for a son, you gave me a son. I'm asking for a sign on top of that, but whatever type of sign you feel that is appropriate, O oh Allah. Rabbi, ij'alli ayatan. But some sign, a little sign. And the tanween, the common form, the nakira form, can sometimes also be to give the effect of even something insignificant. It can be a little litty bitty thing, but just something. And this is another very human thing. This also reflects the very human emotional side of things. When you are looking forward to something, a big day coming, alright, so you have a really big day coming, like you know, your, your wedding day. Your wedding day is arriving. And you're three weeks away. What do you start doing? A countdown. Alright? Hopefully in the good sense. Alright? So you're excited and you're looking forward to it. So you start a countdown. Right? I'll give you a better example. Marriage can be very subjective. Let me leave that one alone. Alright? <laughs> Let me give you a good example. Graduation. Everybody loves to graduate. Alright? Nobody likes to study. Alright, so everybody loves to graduate. Nobody likes homework. Alright, so when graduation day is coming, you got that big old calendar in your room, and you circle graduation day, and then you're doing a countdown every day you cross off a day, just counting down. Right? You want kind of a marker, you want some type of a sign, you know, want to know something that lets you know you're getting closer and closer to the big day, to the big moment. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Right? That, that human anticipation, a taladud. You want to enjoy the moment, you want to taste it, you want to savor it. You don't want to forget about that. So again, what does he say? Rabbi ja'alli ayatan. My Rabb, make for me a sign. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, okay. Qala, Allah said, ayatuka, this, your sign, is what? Allah tukallima nasa thalatha layalin sawiyan. Your sign is that you will not speak to people thalatha layalin three, for three nights. You will not speak to people for three nights. Sawiyan. Sawiyan. Now sawiyan again can have two meanings here. Sawiyan can mean equal equal. So it's type of an expression to maybe say continuously. But the majority of the mufassirun and the scholars say, no, the under, proper understanding of the word sawiyan is that again, it means for something to be straight, something to be on the level, something to be correct. So it means sawiyan, that you will be sawiyan. That it's not like you will have gone mute. 
It's not that you will have lost your ability to speak. It's not that some type of like physical ailment, like you didn't have a stroke or something, that you can't speak. Now, no, you'll be perfectly healthy. You'll be perfectly okay. You'll be completely alright. Nothing will be wrong with you. You just will have lost the ability to speak for three days. You will not, you will be incapable of speaking to people for three days. You will be incapable of speaking to people for three nights. Here it says three nights. And that's the next point that I'd like to make here. Is that over here it says three nights. In the story of Zakariya again being given a child, in Surah Ali Imran where it's narrated, over there it says three days. Allah tukalliman nasa thalathata ayyamin. Three days. Here it's saying three nights. Now if we were to corroborate these two, if we were to kind of combine these two, we understand it's three days and three nights. Alright, that's fine. But we always know that it's not that just that simple. It goes deeper than that. It's kalamullah. So it goes deeper than that. So what is the deeper appreciation? What's the greater appreciation here? What you have to look at here is again, look at the tone. Look at the tone of the language in the surah. Alright? I want you to look at the tone in Ali Imran. I'm gonna read the ayat from there to you. First of all, he walks in on Maryam, eating the fruit. Where'd you get this from? Allah gave it to me. Allah can give whoever He wants, whatever, very motivating. Allah can give whoever He wants, whatever He wants, without any limit, any consideration. It's motivating. It's very empowering. Right then and there, Zakariya made dua to his Rabb. قَالَ رَبِّي هَبْلِي مِنْ لَدُنْكَ ذُرِّيَّةً طَيِّبًا And then he didn't just ask for a wali, or a walad, or a ghulam. He said, ذُرِّيَّةً ذُرِّيَّةً means progeny. Give to me an entire progeny. طَيِّبَةً They'll be very appealing and beautiful, pure. إِنَّكَ سَمِيعُ الدُّعَاءِ no, There's no doubt about the fact that you are constantly listening to supplication. فَنَادَتْهُ الْمَلَائِكَةً Right then and there, the angels called out to him. وَهُوَ قَائِمْ يُصَلِّ فِي الْمِحْرَابِ And he even tells us that he was standing there, praying, making salah in the mihrab. Alright? And we'll talk about the word mihrab in the upcoming ayat. أَنَّ اللَّهِ يُبَشِّرُكِ بِيَحْيَى Excuse me. أَنَّ اللَّهِ يُبَشِّرُكَ بِيَحْيَى That most definitely Allah is giving you the good news. He is congratulating you about Yahya. مُصَدِّقًا بِكَلِمَةٍ مِنَ اللَّهِ Now listen to the tone. He will affirm, he will, con- he will attest to the truth of the word from Allah. He will be a leader, he will be extremely chaste and pure. He will be a prophet and he will be from the righteous people. It's a very empowering, a very motivating tone. So there when Allah says that, alright, the sign is going to be, and even then it says, when He says, how will I have a son? When, I've re- when old age has reached me, and my wife has not been able to bear children. Allah said, كَذَلِكَ اللَّهُ يَفْعَلُ مَا يَشَاءُ Allah just like that can do whatever He wills. So then when He says, make, an, make a sign for me, Allah says, your sign is that you won't be able to talk to people for three days. Because the day, what's naturally associated with the day? We usually don't think it's these terms because we got electricity and modern technology. But take that out of the equation, what do you automatically think of when you think the day? Light, light. And because the tone is more motivating, it's inspiring, the word day was used to maintain that positive tone. Light, daytime. Now, but look at the tone in Surah Maryam. You can really appreciate this. Look at how the surah started. إِذْ نَادَى رَبَّهُ نِدَاءً 
خَفِيًّا Remember I talked about this. He was crying out, making dua to the point where he literally lost his voice. Do you see the desperation? And then he goes on to talk about it and he says, My bones are falling apart. My head is going white. Listen to the tone. The sun has set on me. The sun has set on me. And then he says, he talks about, I fear about these people that I leave behind after I'm gone. He's talking about his death. After the sun will have set on me. And then he says, He's already talking about people inheriting from him. He's already come to terms with his death. He's already talking about people inheriting from him. Do you see the tone here? The tone is very dark. The sun has set. I've become an old man. I'm already thinking about me dying. I'm already worrying about who's going to inherit from me. So that's why when the word, when he's also told that you can't talk for three nights, because that's very appropriate, it fits into the context. So, ثَلَاثَ لَيَالٍ سَوِيَّةٍ Three nights you won't be able to speak to people, but don't worry, nothing's wrong with you. Nothing's wrong with you. You're okay. Alright, this is just a sign from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The next ayah, ayah number 11. فَخَرَجَ عَلَىٰ قَوْمِهِ مِنَ الْمِحْرَابِ فَخَرَجَ So he exited. عَلَىٰ قَوْمِهِ Upon his people. Where did he exit upon his people to from? مِنَ الْمِحْرَابِ From the mihrab. Alright, now what does mihrab refer to? What does it mean? Let me tell you a little bit about the root of the word. Very interesting word. Mihrab, there's a couple of different opinions. The first opinion is that it comes from the root word harb. Harb means like a war, a battle. And the reason why the mihrab, mihrab refers to a place of worship or prayer. And it doesn't necessarily mean like this mihrab, like the front of the masjid, this little thing. It can also refer to maybe like a private room that is separated for specific worship, for individual worship. If a space is kind of cut out for individual worship, that can also refer to mihrab. So nevertheless, he was in kind of like a separated space that was designated for individual worship. So this word can come from the root harb, which means war, battle. But what's the connection there between war and worship? So it's called mihrab because that's where you go and you fight the shaitan. The Arabs considered it, mihrab is the place where you go and you do harb. You fight with the shaitan. You fight with your nafs. Alright, you sit there alone. It's easier to pray in congregation. It makes it easier, it's natural to be in a group and pray. You feel like praying, you want to pray. But praying by yourself, all alone, and then to put that same time and quality into the prayer, not get distracted. So you, do, you have to do harb, you have to fight there with shaitan and the nafs in order to pray. And it can also possibly come from the root harab. Harab basically means to suck the energy out of something. Because when you go there, you're supposed to exert so much energy, you're supposed to pray in such a way that literally you become exhausted and tired after worshipping. So you're supposed to exert energy. You're supposed to work hard when you pray. Alright, praying is working hard. You're supposed to put some effort into prayer. Alright. Nevertheless, so it's that separated place for prayer. فَخَرَجَ عَلَىٰ قَوْمِهِ مِنَ الْمِحْرَابِ So he exits upon his people from the mihrab. فَأَوْحَا إِلَيْهِمْ فَأَوْحَا إِلَيْهِمْ and he signals to them. He signals to them. Alright? 
And I'm using the word signal, I'll explain this in just a little bit. فَأَوْحَا إِلَيْهِمْ He signals to them, أَنْسَبِّحُوا What does he signal to them? The explanation, the an here is called أَنْتَفْسِرِيَّةِ It basically explains what was just said. So what did he signal to them? سَبِّحُوا That start making tasbih. Make tasbih. Say the, the, the praises and the glorification of Allah. Praise and glorify Allah. بُكْرَةً وَعَشِيًّا Bukratan means the early morning time. Ashiyan means the later the, the evening time, later afternoon evening time. So Bukratan, the morning time before the sun rises, Ashiyan, evening time before the sun sets. Alright? Now, what is this exactly talking about? We can take a look at the ayat in Surah Ali Imran that are very that are in conjunction with these ayat. Over there when he was told, لَا تُكَلِّمَ النَّاسَ ثَلَاثَةَ أَيَّامٍ إِلَّا رَمْزًا That you will not be able to talk to people except through signals. So Allah literally told him, you'll be able to talk through people through gestures or signals. So that permission was given to him. And that's why he's signaling to his people. He's signaling to his people. Alright, that you need to make the speech. Now, even that signaling to the people, what does that exactly refer to? So first let's look at the word itself. The word that's used comes from the root word wahi. Comes from the root word wahi. Wahi we know means like, we know that it often refers to divine revelation, divine inspiration. The root of the word wahi itself actually means al-ikhbaru bi tariqin khafiyin wa suratin. Sari'in, khafiyin sari'in. That it is to inform someone of, to, of something, to give somebody the information of something through a very quiet and Quick, subtle means. To very subtly, very quickly, very quietly to give somebody some information. And that's the link, literal meaning of the word wahi. The lexical meaning of the word wahi. And the word wahi is used in the Qur'an in its literal lexical meaning in a number of different ways. I'll not highlight a few of them. Alright? Number one, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala even uses this word when addressing, when talking to, when inspiring people that are not prophets like allah says in surah al-qasas wa awhayna ila ummi musa an ardi'ihi and we told the mother of musa to breastfeed him to nurse him all right allah says that he gives he informs the angels and uses the word wahi to express this like in surah al-anfal ayah number 12 allah says if yuhi rabbuka ila al-mala'ikati anni ma'akum fathabitu alladhina amanu when your lord informs when your Lord informs the angels that I am with you, so give steadfastness, basically solidify the people who, are, who have believed, the believers. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses His wahi when He gives information to even pious people. Allah says that when I informed the disciples of Isa alayhi salam that believe in me and believe in my messenger in Surah Al-Ma'idah, Allah even uses the word wahi when giving information to insects. Like in Surah An-Nahl, Allah says, وَأَوْحَى رَبُّكَ إِلَى النَّحْلِ Allah gave information to the bees. أَنِتَّخِذِي مِنَ الْجِبَالِ بُيُوتًا That go and make homes in the mountains. وَمِنَ الشَّجَرِ وَمِمَّا يَعْرِشُونَ And also in the trees and anything else. Alright? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala even uses the word wahi when giving instruction or when giving information to inanimate objects. Allah says in Surah Al-Zilzal, 
إذا زلزلت الأرض زلزالها وأخرجت الأرض وأثقالها وقال الإنسان ما لها when the earth will shake like it's never shaken before and the earth will start to toss out and throw out everything that it's been carrying inside of it all of its weight وقال الإنسان ما لها the human being will say what's wrong with it وقال الإنسان ما لها يوم إذن تحدث أخبارها and that day the earth will basically speak of all of the news that it has, all the information that it has, it'll basically spill its beans. And why is it doing that? Because its Rabb told it to do so. So Allah gave it wahi, meaning Allah gave it instruction, information to do so. So much so that when shayateen speak to other shayateen, the word wahi is used in its linguistic meaning. That they very quietly whisper to each other, they let each other know. Allah says in the Qur'an, shayateen al-insi wal-jinn, the troublemakers from both the humans and the jinn, Some of them very quietly and secretively inform the others amongst them, Basically they dress up different speech and different talk and they're delusional. Suratul An'am. When the shayateen give information to either their the people that collaborate and cooperate with them, the word wahi is again used. وَإِنَّ الشَّيَاطِينَ لَيُوحُونَ إِلَىٰ أَوْلِيَائِهِمْ لِيُجَادِلُوكُمْ That the shayateen communicate with their friends to come out and fight you. So, the word wahi can be used in its linguistic meaning and that's how it's being used here. That Zakaria very quietly, but also very quickly and quietly, he informed them. Alright, and then there's lots of opinions as to how did he inform them. So, Qatada and Kalbi, rahimahumullah, they say ishara. He basically kind of gave them a signal. He gave them a signal as to what to do. Mujahid says that he wrote it in the ground, like in the dirt, he just kind of traced it out in the ground. Alright, Ikrama says that he wrote it on a piece of paper. Either way, he kind of let them know quietly that you just make tasbih. Make tasbih. Now, in Surah Ali Imran, Allah says, وَذْكُرْ رَبَّكَ كَثِيرًا وَسَبِّحْ بِالْعَشِيْ وَلِكَرْ Allah told him to make dhikr. Allah told him to make tasbih. Here Zakariya is telling his followers to make the tasbih. What's the difference? Again, look at the context. What was the whole concern of Zakariya? Why did he want the child to begin with? What started this whole situation? He wanted an inheritor. He wanted to leave people behind that he could trust. So you already see him imparting it. He's not only making dhikr and tasbih himself, he's advising them, all of you need to start making dhikr and tasbih. I can't keep this up by myself. All of you gotta be start making tasbih and dhikr. He's already starting to pass that on. And then the last thing that I'll point out here, and then we need to, we need to break for Salat al-Isha. In Surah Ali Imran, Allah told him, وَسَبِّحْ بِالْعَشِيِّ وَالْإِبْكَارِ Make tasbih in the evening and in the morning. Here Zakaria told his followers, do tasbih in the morning and in the evening. Switching of the words. Over there evening and morning, over here morning and evening. Why did it switch around? Again, pay attention to the context. Over there when he was told you cannot talk for three day times. Days, the daytime. What comes after the day first? The evening. And then what comes after that? The morning. Over here he was told that you will not be able to speak for three nights. What comes first after the night? The morning, and then what comes after that? The evening. It's, it might be something small, but it is the perfection of Allah's kalam. It is so fluid, it is so consistent. It's mind-blowing. Who speaks at this level aside from Allah? So...
The last thing that I wanted to point out here is that Zachariah was told that you will not be able to speak. Let's reflect on that. And I'll leave you on this point. Some food for thought. Some are chew on tonight. He was told you won't be able to speak. As a sign of the miraculous event of you and your wife, who by no means, by no explanation, should be having a child, you guys are going to have a child, a biological child of your own, without any means or any explanation. And the sign of that is that you will not be able to speak while having all the means. You are going to have a child without any means? You're old and your wife is barren, but without any means you're going to have a biological child. And you are sawiyan, you're going to be completely okay. Your tongue is okay, your mind is okay, you can talk, but you won't be able to talk even though you're having all the means. So you're going to experience a miracle for three days on the way to arriving at an even greater miracle, which is the birth of Yahya. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us all the reality of His kalam. And may Allah give us the ability to practice everything that's been said and heard. Subhanallah wa bihamdihi, subhanakallah wa bihamdik. Nashadu wa la ilaha illa anta. Astaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk.